Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hmm. Well, like I said, Merry Christmas. We're going to be finishing up our series, uh, Christmas series, this morning, uh, entitled His Name Shall Be Called. We've been in Isaiah 9, 6, uh, as we've kind of gone through kind of the names of Jesus and um, that Isaiah gives him. Um, and basically, we are going to look in there and finish that up this morning. We're going to be... Um, Looking in Isaiah 9, 6 first, and it says this, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. God, I pray that as we look at these things, that Father, you would open our ears and open our eyes to the things that the Spirit would desire for us to know and see and learn. God, you're so good and we love you so much. I ask that you just help me, Father, as I communicate these things that you've laid on my heart. Father, change us, make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, again, as we've been talking about, this is the last time we're going to be talking about this, but again, I wanted to put it on here. The idea here is not that these will be the literal names of the Messiah, of Jesus. Instead, these are aspects of his character. They describe who he is and what he has come to do, okay? So, remember, we, we, we look at these things as things that Jesus is, that he brings into our lives, that he helps us to understand and see their aspects of who he is. And so, obviously, the last one we're going to be talking about this morning is that his name shall be called Prince of Peace. In Micah, we see this verse. It's very important that we check this out in Micah 5, 2 through 5. It says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrah, you who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. And let's continue with verse number 3. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And now verse number five. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And verse five. And he shall be their peace. He shall be their peace. Jesus is not only the prince of peace, but he is literally the peace that we need in our life. He doesn't, it's kind of like we talk about this and we talk about how God is not just loving, but that God is literally love. It's not just what he does, it is who he is. And Jesus here is not just the peace bringer. He's not just the peace person that comes and gives you that peace. It literally is who he is. It's a part of his character. It's a part of what he does and is why he came. Look at Luke 2. In Luke 2, we see this always, we're talking about this type of scripture always during the Christmas season. And this is what it says. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ's 
the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Peace, goodwill towards men. It's so interesting that we see in these scriptures this idea of Jesus being being peace and bringing this, that he is the prince of peace in our lives. Let's look at Thessalonians. In Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. Now, let's talk about this and let's just be real for a second. Our world, our lives, the things we deal with in our world today, I would dare say there's not a lot of peace. I mean, you look at even some of the things that just took place in, in the government this week, and I'm not going to get into that, but, but there, there is a lack of peace in our world. And what's interesting to me is what I have found in people is when people have grasped a hold of the peace of God that comes from Jesus, that, that people see that, they notice that, and there is a difference in them. You can see it in people. You can see people and you look at them and you can tell, but those people are walking in a peace that is greater than their situations and their circumstances. And people tend to notice those things. People tend to see those things. And one of the reasons out of many that Jesus came was to give us that peace, to give us that understanding. And so this morning, what I want to talk about as we look at him as the peacemaker, as we see him coming and being the prince of peace, is what Jesus brings to us in that idea of peace. And the first one I want to talk about is, of course, Jesus brings us peace with God. Peace with God. Look at Romans 5.1. It says this. Therefore, since we have been made right with God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. I think sometimes we forget that, that Jesus was very clear on this. He basically talked about if you don't serve one master, you serve another. He basically said, if you're following me, then you're not following the enemy. And, but the other side of that coin would, would indicate something different. I, I don't, I've heard this term before, but in a lot of ways, we are, when we are living a life without God and we're living a life of sin, we're in an act of rebellion against God. We're, 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 we're working against what he wants for us and what he's doing in our lives and what he desires to do in us. We're kind of, and please hear me when I say this, we're almost like we're at war with God. I know in my own life, I'll just speak for me, there's been times where as I've looked at my life and my actions and the situations that I'm going through, I literally feel like I and God are kind of warring against each other. I want my way and what I want and what I want to do. And God's going, no, I have something different for you, something better for you. But I think I know better. And there's like this war going on between us. Jesus came to bring peace in that. Jesus came so that we can once again be restored to the family of God. It's because of what he has done for us that we can have that peace with God. Look at Colossians 1. In Colossians 1, it says this, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. 
He brought it all back. He put it all back together. He took all these warring factions and brought it. It's interesting. And again, we go back to this in Luke 2, when the angels are appearing to the shepherds, they're talking about peace. They could have talked about so many things. They could have said, these are things that are coming. And these are the things that are going to take place. But they said, peace. Peace. Sometimes it's easy to forget how much of an enemy of God I can be. Sometimes I forget the fact that that I mess up and that I need that peace of God to to be coming so that I can be restored back to him. Back where I belong. Back to where I need to be. Back to where God always wanted me to be. So first and foremost, we need to understand that. Jesus brings peace with God and us. Number Three, the next thing I want to talk about is Jesus brings us peace within ourselves. Peace within ourselves. And I think this is an important one. I think this is one we really need to focus in on because a lot of times we don't really have peace here. Okay? We, 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 we may think we do, but we don't. We, we, I don't know about you, and I'll use this as an example in my own life. There's a lot of times where there is a battle in me between what I know here, okay, and what I know here. Do you get what I'm saying here? Like, I, 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 the Bible says to hide the word in your heart. I know what God has communicated to me through his word about his love for me, about my identity in him, about, about the fact that he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. I know all those things, okay? And I've, try, I've tried to hold them in here like God's asked us all to do. And I hope that you've done that too. But the problem is, is sometimes what's up here and what's up here goes against itself, This heart says God is with me. God has a plan and God's plan for me is good. But here I look at and I go, but wait a minute. Look at all of this and look at all of that. And and this is what's God. Well, but, but what about this? And what about this? What about that? And I get almost a war in myself. I get in this this mode of just, well, this is what my head sees. This is what my eyes see. But my heart is saying something different. And it's a war that can sometimes battle and rage in us and cause us a lot of issues and a lot of problems. But we need to look at 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, this is what we see. It says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. But of peace peace. Listen, listen, if you have those, those arguments inside of you, if you've got those, those things and it's bringing confusion and you don't know, should I do this or should I do that? Listen, find the peace of God. You know what I'm saying? When you don't know what to do, find the peace of God. God, where do you want me to go? God, how do you want me to handle this? God, what does your word say? And follow that. Because there is a peace in understanding that God isn't confusion. God doesn't bring forth confusion. But that God brings forth peace in our world and in our situations. Look at John 14, 27. It says this. I'm leaving you with a gift. It's Christmas time. This makes perfect sense. He's leaving us with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Here's the problem that, we've, that I found in my life and in others, okay? 
When we look at this scripture, this gift of peace that Jesus has come to give only comes through him. It only comes through him. One of the issues that we tend to have as people is we forget John 14, 27. We forget that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We think that we can find it in the world or in somebody else or in something else. And we think, oh, well, if I could just have this or if this person could just do that, then I could have this peace. Listen, that peace was never going to work that way because they're not the Prince of Peace. They're not. You know, we get so mad at people and we get so mad at things with unrealistic expectations because we're telling them, well, you're supposed to be this. They were never created to be that. It's only Jesus. It's only found in him. We can have the ability to not be troubled and not be afraid because we understand that the gift that Jesus has given us is both mind and heart. Confusion's removed. We have that peace. We know where it comes from. It comes from him, not from the world. When we do all of those things and all of those things take place, guess what? Now we cannot be troubled or afraid. Listen, listen, sometimes we have to understand the way Jesus spoke was on purpose. He's giving us this this unbelievable path to follow. We all want peace. We all need peace. How to do it? We accept a gift from Jesus because it only comes from him. We don't look for it in anyone else or anything else. Once we do that and we understand that, now we can live a life that is troubled or afraid. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great that our Prince of Peace has come to do this in us? Look at Psalms 29, 11. The Lord gives strength, or the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Listen, this time of year, it's so easy to get wrapped up in all the stuff. But you're not going to find peace there. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the songs and the music and the lights and all this. But you're not going to find peace there. The Lord gives it. The Lord blesses. The Lord does it. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed upon you. Once again, the order here matters. Okay? You want this perfect peace? You want to be kept there by God? Listen, we trust in him. We trust in him. Our thoughts are fixed on him. Okay? Listen, we need to understand that, folks. Okay? We live in a world where peace is not the norm. Peace is not the situation. We are in a world of chaos right now. And listen, can I give you a clue? Can I help you? It's not going to get any better. Okay? Listen, I don't, I don't know if we're going to do this or not. I, I, I was talking to Emily about, I've been planning 2020, and, and that's even scary to say. Uh, you know, can you believe it? Almost there. And so I've been kind of looking at series that I want to do in 2020. And listen, one of the ones I'm talking about, now don't hold me to it. Don't come up to me, you know, this time next year and go, you didn't do that. I'm not sure yet, but I've been praying about it, is I maybe want to do a series on Revelation. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Start. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. And here's the deal with that. Okay. Listen, and I don't know if we'll do the seven churches or more of the prophecy. I don't know, but I just kind of feel like revelation. And here's the deal. This is great about that. Listen, I've read the end, okay? This isn't going to get better yet. This is going to get worse. This is going to get harder. 
Okay? But the beautiful thing about that is we can live in peace in the chaos. And what's even better about that is at the end we win. At the end, we don't just have peace. We have amazing peace that is for all eternity, okay? But right now, we need to understand, we live in a world that is not peaceful. We live in a world of chaos and of destruction and of of all these things. And here's what's awesome. Listen, listen, what a beautiful, wonderful opportunity God is giving us to accept the peace that Jesus gives, and then to be a light to people who desperately need that peace. You ever, listen, you ever met somebody whose world was literally like going down the toilet, and you're looking at them, and you're going, I don't want, you should be losing your mind. And they have a peace that the Bible talks about, a peace that passes all understanding. I have been challenged in my life by people like that. There is something visibly and emotionally and more importantly, spiritually different about those people in that situation. This, listen folks, this is a glorious opportunity to share who Jesus is in our lives, to let them see that Prince of Peace in us and through us. And that's important. So he doesn't just want to bring peace with God, which is huge. But he also wants to bring peace within ourselves. Okay, and the final one, the final one is Jesus wants to bring peace in our relationships. In our relationships. Look at Ephesians 2. In Ephesians 2, Paul is writing here and he's, he's, he's giving us, uh, and I'm going to read it and then we're going to talk about it. But, but we need to understand a little bit. Why this is so important and, and why I chose this as the one to use when I'm talking about relationships. But this is what it says in Ephesians 2, 11 through 17. Don't forget that you Gentiles, so he's writing to the Ephesians who are Gentiles, okay, used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant uh, promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Let's go on to verse 14. Thank you. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles. This is important. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace, once again, the Prince of Peace. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles. By creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews 
who were near. Now, let's remember something, okay? There's a reason why I chose this, and there's a reason why Paul uses this as an example. In his world and in his day, there was not much more of a relational divide than the idea of Jew and Gentile. It was huge. It was, it was, it was, let me just be honest, it was racism on a different level. It was, you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, you're a heathen, you are far from God, you know nothing. It was a disaster. These relationships were broken, and they were broken. And Paul is using this as an example because he is understanding this is the greatest broken relationship that he can come up with. And the readers of this know this. The readers of this, the Gentiles in in Ephesus that are reading this, are going, yeah, I understand. I've been treated poorly, or or I've treated them poorly. There was a divide. There was hostility. There was a problem. Now, I want you to stop, and I want you to think for just a second. Keep this in your mind. Do you have any relationships in your world right now that kind of sound like that? Hostile. Name-calling. Problematic. Listen. We're going to be spending Christmas with some family and some friends in a couple days. Can we just be honest and just leave it there? Okay? Sometimes that can be difficult. Sometimes that can be hard. But listen, the Prince of Peace wants to come and bring peace to those situations. He wants to bring restoration to those situations. He wants to come and he wants to do that. And hear hear me here, okay? Listen. And here's what you need to understand, okay? If you are waiting for them to do it, you may be waiting for a long, long time. Especially, maybe if they don't know who Jesus is. It is your responsibility as a follower of Jesus to do all you can to live peacefully with people, to bring forth peace in those relationships. You say, but Aaron, do you know what they've said? No, I don't. But Aaron, do you know what they've done? No, again, I don't. But I know who the Prince of Peace is. And I know what he's called us to do. And what's awesome about it is I know if he's called us, he will equip us to do it. He will equip you. You go, Aaron, I don't know how I can do that. That's okay. That's why we go to God and say, God, I don't know how to do this. God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to bring peace in this situation. And you know what? That's when Jesus says, you know what? That's okay. I can take you. I can mold you. I can use you. And it may take time. It may take effort. And listen, here's the deal. It may never get fixed. Just being honest. But your job here, hear me here is not to fix it. Your job is to be used by God and used by the Prince of Peace to bring peace to that situation. If that other person refuses, that's on them, okay? Because I've heard that excuse, well, well they, won't, they won't say they're sorry, or they won't, listen, listen, we don't restore peace because we're trying to get a reaction from somebody else. We do it because we have experienced this peace of God. And a natural response of that is the outflowing of it. The fruit that we produce, folks, is not supposed to be, and I've done this before, and if you've seen it, please, you know, just, we we don't, a Christian life should not be this. It should be not to produce fruit. We should not sit there and go, fruit, come out. Love, come out. Peace, come out. Joy, come out. Come out. It's a natural thing, guys. 
And that peace that is in you is going to overflow and spill on everybody else. And so here's the thing. Here's how I have to look at my life and how you need to look at yours. Is it coming naturally? Is it coming forth? Jesus said, you know, people are going to know you by your fruit. Listen, Zach and Wendy did a great job this morning. And they read a verse that said, people are going to know who you are by the love you show one another. People are going to know who you are by the natural response of the fruit that is flowing out of your life. Okay? And look, please, please hear me here. I'm not trying to belittle your situation. I'm not trying to say it's easy because it's not. It's hard. It's difficult. But I believe that God can do all things. And God can use you to bring healing and peace and restoration to some situations that honestly, as we look at it with, with this head, we go, no way. No way. No way. But God is all-powerful. He's mighty God. He's mighty God. We talked about that. And He can do it. He can use you to do amazing things, to bring peace. Now, just stop and just think, okay? We think about a lot of things this time of year. And they're wonderful and great and, and all those things. But I want you to stop. And I want you to think about your relationships, okay? I want you to think about the relationships that you have, maybe, maybe with, with parents or kids or spouses or people at work or, or whatever else, okay? Think about Christmas in those relationships with peace. Think about going to Christmas dinner or whatever you have planned. And letting that gathering be just absolutely saturated in the peace of God. Good Lord, what a Christmas. You see, that's what Jesus has come to give. And there's nothing too hard. There's nothing too great that God can't do it. That God can't bring it. Paul here in Ephesians was getting these individuals who understood in this mindset that if, listen, if God could bring together Jew and Gentile, God can bring forth peace in whatever relationship, whatever situation, whatever circumstance there is. And listen, again, I'm not trying to belittle your situation. I'm not trying to say what they did or how they hurt you was okay. What I am saying is my God is big enough to bring peace where there seemed to be no peace. He brings a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus didn't just come to bring us peace with God, which was huge, obviously. He brought us, brings us peace within ourselves and brings us peace in our relationships. If the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. You know, this time of year, You know, we, it's, we, we start to think about lots of different things. We get into Christmas and the gifts and all those things, and they're, they're great and fine. I'm sorry, Joy.
Um, you know, and that's great, and that's fun, and and you know, we we get into this mindset of 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 Jesus being this great gift, and He is. And really, in some ways, in this series, as we kind of bring it to a close, one of the things that I want us to really understand is these names of Jesus are more than names. They're more than just names. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but ever since I was real young, you know, I've heard, oh, Jesus is the best gift. You know, I'm sure if you go to Hobby Lobby, you'll find plenty of signs with Jesus' gift, and, you know, that's, you know, it's great. And he is. But over the last couple of weeks, what I wanted to do and what I felt God was asking me to do was to present you with Jesus as a gift, but more than just as Jesus. I, that sounds weird to say. But for you to understand the gift that Jesus brings. You see, Jesus is that wonderful counselor. He's so good. And he's so wonderful. And he wants to be there and help you and walk with you and defend you and do all those things. He's mighty God. He's strong. He can handle any situation, any circumstance. There's nothing that's too big for him. He's everlasting father. He's a good dad. He's a good dad that loves his kids, that has great plans for his kids, that wants to do great things. That's who you are. See, if he's your father, you're his kid. You're a child of the king. It's who you really are. There's so many stories over the centuries about the pauper who understands that he's the prince. Why? Why do you think that is? It's in our hearts. God has placed it there. It's, it's, it's that part of us learning who we are. It's why we, it resonates so deeply with us. This idea that we're not really who we think we are. We're more than that. And the Prince of Peace that we can live in a life sometimes of chaos and of, of just confusion and just, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? And have the peace of God which passes all understanding in every aspect of our lives. You see, that's what Jesus has come to do. When you hear Jesus is the greatest gift, these are the gifts that Jesus is bringing. And a ton more. A ton more. These were just the four Isaiah brought up. But you got to accept the gifts. You got to be willing to allow Jesus to give those gifts to you. I know you've heard it, but just go with me. If I gave you a gift and you didn't accept it, it'd sit there on the floor and it wouldn't do anything. This morning, no matter where you're at, no matter what situations you've been dealing with. Jesus is here. He wants to give you this gift. But you got to accept it. So whether you need wonderful counselor, whether you need mighty God, whether you need everlasting father, whether you need the prince of peace, or you need them all, today's the day where Jesus says, here, I got something for you.
I got what you need. On Wednesday, we'll sit around trees and we'll rip open things. But today is the day to rip open the package and accept what Jesus has for you. So right now, as we begin to pray, I just pray that if you need one of those gifts, that you would just begin to ask Jesus, even now as I'm speaking, you'd begin to ask him for that gift. That you would begin to open that package and that you would begin to allow Jesus to be that in your life. Whether you need him to be wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, or whatever, that you would allow him to do that. Open your gift. He's been waiting to give you the gift of himself. So let's accept it. So Jesus, right now, wherever we're at, whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, Jesus, right now, we need you to give that gift of yourself to us. Because these are not just names. These are who you are. This is what you do. This is your character. And so, Jesus, for those that need uh, you to do these things, I pray that you would just begin to lavish them right now in the name of Jesus. That, God, that they would begin to rip open those things that you would desire to be for them. You des- you, that you would heal hearts right now. That you would clean up the minds right now. That, Father, you would bring forth, uh, you would destroy confusion and shame and guilt and fear in the name of Jesus. And that, God, right now, as we accept you the, the present of your Son, that we would accept all that he is and all that he wants to do in us. Because you are so good. And as we walk out of this place in a few moments, that we would always know that that gift is ours. It has been given to us. The gift of Jesus is not going to be returned. It's not going to be the wrong size. It's not going to fit funny. It's not going to be the wrong color. It is something that we get to hold and cherish and have for all of eternity. You are that strong, mighty God. You are all these things that we need. And Jesus, you know exactly what we need. So we accept that gift that you have for us. Change us and make us more like you. We love you. In Jesus' name.